Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit dedicated to the idea that every part of the Bible, Old Testament and New, is about Jesus. And this podcast is our experiment to publicly test that belief. Every episode, hosts David Bowden and Seth Stewart work through a biblical text to see how it helps us see and savor Jesus. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Um, we got a special episode for you today. How are you feeling about that, Seth? I'm feeling all right about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we um, we're going to be in Psalm 137 today. Yeah. If you if you've been a regular listener, you know that every now and then we dip into a psalm and talk about it. We've talked about several different genres of psalms, and um, we haven't done imprecatory yet. Yeah. So an imprecatory psalm is a psalm of anger and of protest. Yep. Uh, and like calling down justice from God against oppressors. Yeah, and not like personal vengeance. No, nope. like, it's usually a corporate lament uh, from one group toward another group. Yeah, I think this is the best quote. It's the psalm is shaped neither by feelings of hatred nor by the irrationality of revenge. It's a protest against the brutality of great powers towards small nations. Mm-hmm. And so this is Israel, the yeah. smallest nation chosen because it was small. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a psalm from the lips of the victims of history and not the triumph song of victors. Yeah. And so we just felt like it was just a really good time here. Um, you know, this is this is Wednesday, um, June 10th, mm-hmm. 2020. Uh, we're, this is going to release tomorrow yeah. on the 11th. And so this is just after the murder of George Floyd mm-hmm. and um, killings of Breonna Taylor, yes. Maude Arbery. Yes, and <sighs> we we we're just like we're we're mourning and we're sad, we're frustrated, um, yeah. and we're white, <laughs> and yeah. like we 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 feel like one. A lot of times we don't feel like we have the right to speak into this. Yeah, I think uh, for um, a long time, like I've justified my silence on this issue. Uh, because like oh I don't have the right I, yeah. I I don't I don't know enough I don't um, I'm not smart enough right. I'm I'm disqualified from this conversation right. I because... haven't experienced the plight enough yes yeah and so but it's like but then we were like but we also have a responsibility even if yeah. we don't have the right I don't know yeah. but like, I just feel like like I mean well, I want to name it as like a privilege we have the privilege yeah. of thousands of people listening to this podcast right. And we felt a response, a certain degree of responsibility to steward that privilege, to steward that privilege, to steward that opportunity so that our black brothers and sisters listening would know that we see them, we hear them, we're trying to empathize and also a responsibility towards our white brothers and sisters who are listening to see what we see and see what scripture sees when uh, when we're dealing with victims of oppression. Yeah. And so I just think it'll be really interesting, both from a current standpoint yeah. of like where we are in this moment in history in America to reflect. And we're going to we're gonna reflect on the text as we always do. We're going to yeah. let the text speak for itself. We're going to talk about Israel and Babylon. Yeah. You know, but we're, we're going to use and, and like and try to reflect on the current situation as a foil for yeah. what's what's happening and try to see if the if the bible's imprecatory psalms can help us 
give language and vocabulary to what's happening can help us understand and can help us sympathize, empathize, and yeah. find a way forward and find good news in the midst of all of this. Yeah, the the Psalms are full of imprecations. Yeah. It's like the call for the destruction of God's enemies. Yes. It's like protesting mm-hmm. the way things are. Yep. And it's it's almost, almost, it's in most Psalms. There are like imprecations. There are curses. There are angry prayers in most of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. So even like everybody's favorite prayer, uh, Psalm, Psalm 139. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like this, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knows it very well. It's like the most famous Psalm. Everybody yeah. knows it. But most of us don't memorize the verses right after it. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Mm. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. Those who speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. And it just goes on. Do not I hate those who hate you, O Lord. It's an imprecation. It's a curse on the enemies of God. So it's everywhere. Mm. And so we haven't talked about imprecations, about cursing, protest, anger. And we have a nation that's angry. Yes, we do. We have... We have friends and relatives that are angry. And we have friends and relatives that are protesting. Yes. Right now. Yes. Yeah. And so we like, we, what is the biblical category of anger? That's right. How, do, how does scripture engage with protest? How yeah. does scripture engage with victimhood? How does scripture ta- ta- tell us to understand, sympathize, and react when we are victims of oppression? That's good. So before we jump totally into this, we just wanted to stop and and just like, shine a light on a few people, organizations, books that like we feel like have the right to speak into this and have been doing the full-time hard work that we often just don't. Yeah. And like, which we need to repent of, but they're doing it. And like, so like, I know for me, a big, a big organization that I love and um, that we've, we've kind of like rubbed shoulders a little bit for with our spoken gospels involvement in year of the Bible campaign okay. is the and campaign. So you can go to andcampaign.org. They're a coalition of biblical Christians who are determined to engage sociopolitical arena, the sociopolitical arena with, and this is where they get their name with compassion and conviction of the gospel. Mm, yeah. And so they're very biblically centered. They're very gospel centered, very biblically minded. They do it kindly with compassion, but with like, fervor yeah. so like check them out you can support them online you can get involved yeah. in some of their advo- advocacy campaigns if you literally just yeah. put in and campaigns forward slash advocacy they yep. have a list of I think 12 different steps you guys can take yes um, if you're if, if you want to get involved and campaign.org slash advocacy i'd also recommend you guys to the witness it's called uh, the subtitle is a black christian collective it's a place that's written for and by black Christians mm-hmm. to help them process the trauma that they've experienced and also just life that uh, as it exists in America. And they have a podcast called Pass the Mic, which is excellent. Uh, one of the hosts is a historian named Jamar Tisby, and he has a book out called The Color of Compromise, mm-hmm. which is excellent. And uh, it's about how the complicity of the white church in racism throughout American history fascinating yeah. he's one host and the other host is a guy named tyler burns and he um is a pastor down in florida he's also an excellent preacher um, and podcast host as well and um, we'll link to all these in our, the profile for this yeah. episode i'd also recommend divided by faith by christian smith he's a sociologist who kind of did this like long it's a little old now but it's fascinating just this long study of how churches attempt to integrate and don't and fail to do so mm. 
I'd also recommend a non-Christian voice, Tanahasi Coates. Yep. He's uh, he's written Black Panther comics, but he's also <laughs> a journalist and a reporter for The Atlantic. He's written books. Great once, writer. Great writer, Between the World and Me. Um, super fascinating. He has a recent interview with Ezra Klein mm-hmm. on Vox, which is well worth your time. Even if you don't agree with it, and I don't agree with all of it, right. it's fascinating to listen to. And I think it's important that we expose ourselves, especially to black voices mm-hmm. in this time. And then I think the original OG in all of this is Augustine. Oh, yes. He's, he's an African church father. Uh, From the, what, four, fourth, fourth century? Fourth century, yeah. who's like impacted Protestants and Catholics to a degree. I'm not sure any other theologian no. has he is the he's the church father of church fathers yeah, yeah. so i would most certainly recommend go read confessions oh go read confessions yeah go read and the don't city be of, fooled go read city of god by the white man on the cover of he ain't penguin white. <laughs> edition he ain't white he was from ethiopia <laughs> he was ethiopia so augustine would be a great place to start um <laughs> along with all the other things that's awesome well uh and then before all this even uh, although it's like this has been happening over and 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 over again yeah. for decades. Um, but before all this stuff with George Floyd happened, um, I uh, was working with America Praise, um, which is an awesome organization that is like trying to do 24-7 prayer in every county in America, which is Amazing. super cool. And th- they we worked together to write this racial reconciliation prayer, which mm. I just thought we could start with. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just pray this over us, and then we'll dive into Psalm 137. Mm. So... God of the universe, we thank you that it is your heart to bless all nations. We rejoice that your heavenly throne will be surrounded by every people and language. We repent of favoring our own race, people, or class to the detriment of those you deeply love. We ask you to heal our hearts, society, laws, and land from the damage racism has done. Thank you, Jesus, for destroying our divisions by making one new humanity in your death and resurrection. Help us, Holy Spirit, to love, defend, and honor our neighbors with that same selfless affection. Awaken us to the way we contribute to racism, favoritism, exclusion, and persecution. And guide us, Father, Son, and Spirit, in how your church can be the solution. Amen. 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 So let's jump in. Yep. Okay, so uh, Psalm 137 opens with a setting. We know yeah. where we are, which is rare for a psalm, actually. Yeah, it it's is. very rare for a psalm. It says, by the waters of Babylon. So right now, we should know that we are in exile. Israel is in exile. They This is the this is this big final exile that came by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, um, described you know in the early parts of Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, prophesied by Jeremiah coming at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, this was... Um, during the time of Ezekiel, like yep. he was also Ezekiel was also by the waters in Babylon, by the um, the river, the Kibar River, okay. in Babylon, and that's where all this happened. Was oh. at a Babylonian river. Oh, that's it, where he had all his. Visions that's where all dreams. he had all his visions oh. was at a Babylonian okay. river. So like, there's just loaded. Yeah, yeah. Israelite mind context. It's like this at, is the place where God meets us, but it's also the place of our exile. It's the right. place of our destruction. It's the place of our disappointment. That's it's right. like this emotional place yes it is a very emotional place and like but they also that's also where they were settled they yeah. were settled by mm-hmm. a, adjacent to two rivers yeah in in the outskirts of the land of babylon and what's interesting is israel 
I mean, though, now we need to understand something here. Okay. Not all of Israel was picked up and moved to Babylon. Right. They were picked off. And so, like, some people were in Syria, some people were in Assyria, right? Some people were in Babylon, mm-hmm. some people were spread out, some people fled. If you read the book of Jeremiah and Isaiah, some people fled to Egypt for help. So, like, Israel has been displaced to yeah. tons of different nations, and some of the best and brightest right. ended up in Babylon. And actually, they had a pretty good life once they got there, right? Once they got there. Uh, and we, we hear little hints of that here in the poetry of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. They're by water, which is rare and highly sought after in this time period. Okay. To be by water means you can irrigate your land. Yeah. It, that was highly contested, expensive land was waterfront property. And, and so, it always is. It always <laughs> it is. is. But like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. But, there, but now it's like aesthetics. Yeah. For there was like life. Right. It was the economy. And then we also have these like willows or poplars, depending on your translation, these trees that are there. And like trees are also a sign of life, yeah. of wealth, of a thriving economy, of a good land. And so like we're here, we're right by the waters in Babylon, the big city. Yeah. We're in New York City and we, we and we're right by Central Park, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. like and things are growing, but what are the people doing when we come up to them? By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Yeah. Um, they were weeping. They were weeping. They had all this wealth, this opulence. I I it, and they yeah. Um, now we shouldn't I'm not saying that the Israelites were wealthy and opulent. Right. They were a displaced, exiled, oppressed people living inside foreign opulence yeah there was i mean daniel was in the king's palaces yes, but that was that, that would have been more rare yeah right but there would have been a lot of people working the yes. irrigation yeah. system they yes. would have been in the mud next to the irrigation system and waiting for their next command from their masters right so like they're mm. sitting in exile weeping and remembering what the city of God used to be like. Yeah. Used to be there. Like what, like their life there, their pr- like presence of God there, their far, like, and, th- and that's part of this here. It's not just a physical no. displacement from home. No, and that's why he did not say Jerusalem. Yet. It's very important here yeah. that twice we get the word Zion. It's yes. very important. So Zion in the psalmist literature and in the prophetic minds of the Old Testament writers was the city of God. Yeah. It was the dwelling of God where, um, and it was, it's the mountain of God. And it, it's, this, it's this heavenly, earthly dwelling where God and man could be together. And it was to be the epicenter and the beginning of God's worldwide conquest to fill the earth with his presence. Zion is Eden. Yeah. And like, so it's this theologically loaded term. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being, God's being in God's presence yeah. at the Temple Mount. And when I think about that and how I'm cut off from God's presence, I'm cut off from that experience. I'm cut right. off from the land where he said all the good things would happen. I weep. It's like, it's kind of crazy. Like we, by virtue of the Holy Spirit being present in all believers, we take this for we granted. Are, we take it for granted. When we, whenever we pray in the car, we just feel overwhelmed with a sense of peace or like whatever it is. Like we experience that moment. Like, oh, God is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just joy and worship or just, we are caught up, you know, like yep. we experience God's presence in all these small ways. For Israel, the only time you experienced that was as you were sacrificing at the Temple Mount. Right. And you're separated from that feeling by decades and hundreds of miles. Yes. So it's like... And not only that, not only are you separated from it, 
that temple, that place has been destroyed. It's been leveled, mm. like which we'll read about later in this psalm. Yeah. Like, so like that's, it's right. It's not even possible. God can't even go there anymore. Yeah. Where is God? He doesn't even live on earth anymore. He's literally back up into the heavens, unreachable because there's no temple in which to commune with him. Yeah. So we, like, we can't even talk to him. Right. Like, no, like they, no, they could pray. And I, they believed that God would hear their prayers. Yeah. And they but believed like, that God was omnipresent, yes. that he was everywhere. There's a, but like, there's a difference yeah. between God being able to hear your prayers, God being omnipresent and being in the presence of God, being at Zion. And one of the things that we always associate with the presence of God is like music. Like David is like singing and like in the presence of God. In the presence of God. Yeah. It calms Saul when he plays mm-hmm. the music. And like there's like there's something special about the way that the Lord used music and his presence. Yeah, I mean think about it. it's a church service. It's a church service. Like mm-hmm. we're like even like with in the COVID stuff, like we haven't gathered as a church to sing together in so and it feels long. so weird. And it feels so weird yep. and so disorienting. It, and yeah. Online worship doesn't cut no. it. And like, it's like could you imagine going to your church and like not singing together? Yeah. Like, no, singing in God's presence or there's this thing that happens. Which is why the next verse talks about liars. On the willows there, we hung up our liars. Mm -hmm. So liars would... Like like, a guitar. Like a guitar. Like, they're not using the sacred musical instruments anymore. They're yep. not singing worship songs That's anymore. That's right. And, and we need to remember that not only was the, was worship and singing and playing the songs... Um, like, man, we just didn't, we didn't jam out to our worship songs anymore. That's part of it. Yeah. But the other part of it is you're talking about an oral culture that rehearsed and remembered their history by repeating it in song. Yeah. And so they are saying that like, we don't even rehearse what God used to do anymore. Now, what we need to remember is they would have, they would have loved to keep singing their songs by the waters in Babylon. They would have sang in exile, Yeah. but they, they've hung up their lyres in protest because verse three, their... It's the second time they use the word. There we sat down and wept. There our captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. So the picture is, you have these people weeping in Zion, overwhelmed by their oppression, trying to remain faithful to God in a difficult circumstance. And their captors, their oppressors, their tormentors come to them and say, sing us one of your songs for our pleasure and entertainment. Make us, entertain us by your acts of festivals. Right. They were trying to reappropriate their culture and their history Mm -hmm. for their own entertainment. Right. So this happens. Let's just pause here. Like this is actually something that America has done. Yes. Like just think about blackface. Yep. As a really powerful and vivid example of that. Yep. Well, this, this, that's, we have all these, this, there's not as many racial connotations in this passage. Like this isn't a racial text. Psalm no, 137. No, like, no. These are two different na- Middle Eastern nations fighting with one another. Right. The reason why Israel is being oppressed is not because of their different skin color or they're a different right. race. But but they're being oppressed because they are from a different country yes. and worship a different God and have different culture. And they're, that culture is being appropriated by the other one. That's Sing right. us a song for our entertainment. So That's like, right. We've done this historically. It's still happening today. Um, and this is what they're doing. And so they refuse. They, yes, they, they hang up their liars. It's a, it's a, before we jump to that, yeah. I just want to like, I want to lean into this picture. Okay. Because so imagine, right? That there's there are these Babylonians there be like, sing us one of the songs about Zion. Now that's a, that's a psalmatic or a psalmic category, mm-hmm. the songs oh, of yeah. Zion. Right. Right. Now I want you to think about this. The people of the people of Israel exiled, they're in Babylon. The temple has been laid laid bare, laid to waste. 
God is nowhere to be seen. He can't be tr- like, has he been conquered? Like right. when you destroyed an, a, a, another country's temple, the other country's God took the credit. That's right. The other country's God beat their God. Right. So, so listen to this. Listen to okay. Psalm 46, which is one of the quintessential Zionic Psalms. Okay. And imagine them having heard that song, them mm-hmm. singing that on their lyres and like, hey, sing us that one song, you know, the, the, the Zion so song yeah, yeah, about yeah. how great your God is because we want to laugh at you. Yeah. Listen to this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams, a river, there is a river, I mean, there is a river (laughs) whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bows and shadows the spears. He burns chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. All of that would sound like a horrible, ironic joke. Yeah. Like all of this would just be like right. spears in the heart <laughs> like yeah. to sing this in front of your captors while they jeer you. It reminds me, and this is not my Jesus turn, okay? Right. But it reminds me of the false worship of the Roman centurions, the Roman guards, when they were bowing down to Jesus. And oh. like, oh, king of the Jews, you know, like, oh, save yourself. He, he, he saved others, couldn't save himself. Weren't you supposed to be this big, bad God? You know, like, and it's just a joke. I think about Matthew, uh, the book of Matthew, when Jesus is talking about John, and then he's talking about the Pharisees. And he said, like, we played a dirge, but you didn't mourn. Right. We played you a, a happy song, and you didn't dance. There's like all these mixed expectations and and they're just not, they demand from, they're demanding from the Jews the opposite of their reality. Yes. They demanded from Jesus to act differently than he was. Um, So yeah, so they're they're telling them to do this. They want to make fun of them. They want to reappropriate their culture for their own entertainment. And so what the, what, what do the Jews do? And can I just say something yeah, yeah, here? Like just as we continue to press some of the parallels here, there's a reason why the all lives versus black lives matter thing mm. is just so frustrating yeah. for people who are like are protesting in those marches and saying black lives matter is because it's forcing a type of like naivety happiness or like happy-go-lucky thing that's happening when there's just so much sorrow around them. So like yeah. one of the things that's happening here is a tormentor say, sing us one of your happy songs. And like we're in the morning right now. We're in the morning. It's like, of course all lives matter. But right now, it doesn't look like black lives right. do. Yes. So you can't like to say like, sing us the happy song where we're all together and all in this together and, and all like, lives matter. It's I like, can't stop sobbing. Right. Please stop telling me to laugh when I can't stop sobbing. Right. <laughs> like, yes. yes. It's like, I mean, that's probably a poor like yeah. parallel, but I think like that kind of gets to the heart of why that people talk past each other on the all lives matter, black lives matter thing. It's like, well, yes, all lives do matter, but not until black lives matter. And right right now, after the deaths of Philando Castile and Alton Brown and Eric Garner and Breonna Taylor, they don't matter right now, do they? It doesn't look like they do. It doesn't look like they matter. So let's, I can't, 
say the happy thing. I can't say the happy thing. When the bad thing's happening. Mourning the sad thing. Right. Yeah. Um, That's right. And so what's interesting then, to continue the parallel, is when they ask them to sing the happy song and just brush the exile, brush the oppression, brush everything under the rug. years ago. Get over it. They can't, and they won't, and they shouldn't. Right. And so what they do is they protest. Yes. And it's a it's a non it's it's interesting. Uh-huh. It's a nonviolent protest. Like <laughs> they hang up their lyres. They hey get those get your instruments out and let's and play us a song. Uh-huh. And they grab their guitars and they hang them on trees. And they're like, we're not gonna play for you. And they, yeah, that's just an it's interesting good. little protest. It is an interesting protest, and I love. And so in the it conti- the protest continues in verse four. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign mm. land? And a couple of th- things here I yep. think are interesting. One, this I th- most scholars are pointing out how like the tone is changing or the voice is changing here. So it's not like a lament. How can we sing the oh, Lord's right. songs yes. in the foreign land? Like this all is this, confidence. This right? is confidence. Yes. And so it's actually kind of like the way that I read the commentary I read. It's like it's talking to it's looking back on the situation in in babylon Mm -hmm. and then turning to jerusalem and saying how can we Mm -hmm. sing the lord's songs in a foreign land and so like i think just the tone matters so it's like by the just imagine like a protester getting up on his soapbox and speaking to the crowds by the waters of babylon there we sat and wept when Mm -hmm. we remembered zion and on the willows there, we hung our lyres, for there our captors required of us songs. Our tormentors wanted happiness from us. And they said, sing the songs of Zion. But Jerusalem, how can we sing the Lord's songs in a foreign land? Yeah. It's like, whoa. Whoa, uh, that's uh, I have goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, that was, was like, good. Like, yeah. I was like, oh my God. It's, it's so a, strong. It's a, it's a rallying cry. It's a rallying cry. And it goes for, not from the songs of Zion. It's the Lord's songs, mm-hmm. Yahweh's songs, yes. our personal I am God's songs. How can we sing his songs of salvation towards us now? Because, and then he goes on. But do you want anything else to say there? Uh, uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and then he goes on and he starts like cursing himself. If right. I forget personal you, imprecation, personal imprecation. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. Or go just remember, go to the protester on his soapbox. How shall we sing the Lord's songs in a foreign land? If I forget Jerusalem, <laughs> let my right hand forget its skill. Right. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. I will not set Jerusalem. If I do not set Jerusalem, Jerusalem above my highest joy. Yeah, so what he's saying is he's he's like. I'm not going to sing these songs for your entertainment, but and like what I said earlier about like how songs helped them remember. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to sing these songs, but I'm not going to forget either. Right. I'm not uh, just because I'm not going to sing for your entertainment doesn't mean I'm not going to I'm going to forget where I came from, who my God is, what my country stands for, all these things. Right. And he's like, in fact, if I forget my God and forget Jerusalem, forget the temple, I don't ever want to play the liar again. I don't ever mm. want to sing another song because he's talking about his right yes. hand and his yes. tongue. He's talking right. about singing and playing music. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, "I'm not going to play for you, but I'm also not going to forget. And, you know, I would I would rather my hand wither away and my tongue never be able to speak again than to forget where I came from, who I am, or where I know my God will take me. Like, yeah. is I mean, this is a strong. It's this angry song. It's an angry rallying cry to Israel. It's, and I think let's just pause there. Like, anger is good. Yes. Like, yep, yep, yep. Ang- it's ang- good. Ang- like, p- 
Paul says, be angry. And do not sin. And do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, lest you leave room for the devil. There's actually a way in which passivity, silence, compliance is a form of demonic attack. Mm. When the appropriate response is anger and we're silent, we're falling prey to the devil's schemes. Yes. So yeah, a couple things to point out there too is like when Paul says that he's talking, he uses the same word a chapter later to refer to God's anger, but we translate it wrath. Mm. It's this just action, this just anger toward evil, toward sin. And he's like, be angry and do not sin. How do how can you be angry and do not sin? Oh, you burn with God's just wrath. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Everyone always reads that and they say, so by, by the time you go to bed, get over it. No. Oh, fast. I've never heard that. That's terrible. Wait, what, what do you, how do you, how do you hear, how have you heard it? Well, just never stop being angry over oh. the, the things that you're supposed to be angry about. So that's, like, I would say that's not it either oh. because don't let the sun go down in your anger is, is saying don't let days on days pile up mm-hmm. with when you're just stewing in anger. What I think the psalmist is saying, or, or what Paul is saying there uh, is act on your anger in yeah. a, in a sinless way. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I can. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I th- also think there's a way to be continually angry without sinning and the way that God is continually angry yet without sin. Day right? after day, I have indignation in my heart. God says, is yeah. that, that's in the Psalms, right? Or is that, I don't know. Where is that? That's in the Bible. That's, it's in the Bible. <laughs> it's guys. in the Bible. Guys. Trust us. <laughs> we're I'm not, all here. You we're keep, not creating, making stuff up. <laughs> you, you keep talking. I'll look up that verse. To um, yeah. And I mean, again, like I'll, I'll just do a couple little Jesus turns here. Um, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill and let the tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. I, I think about Jesus on the cross here, how his hands are outstretched and they're unusable and how he says, I thirst. And like what he's doing there is he's like, he's embodying and becoming the curse this man pronounces on him. Mm. There are people who like, and what does he say on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forgotten me? Where is your justice, Lord, yeah. for me? And he's thirsty and he can't use his hands. And um, I, I don't quite know where I want to go, like how to finish that Jesus turn, but I just like, that's what I keep meditating on as I read through that. It's like, oh, Jesus was consummately oppressed. Mm. I mean, yeah. And like, I think that, I think that, in a, in in a way that I, as a white man in America, that I I'm not able to relate, and even reap the fruits of Jesus's oppression, you know, like or see him as kindred to me in that way, as some of my black friends and family members, yeah, you know, can, is like they see a co-struggler in the Lord on the cross, yeah, and it's like, and, and like. Paul will go on to say, you know, in the rest of the New Testament that like, it's good to join with the Lord in those things. And that, that God has met us there in our, in our suffering. Like Jesus was oppressed by a religious institution, right? Mm-hmm. He was repl- a, rep- a religious political institution, a religious political institution. He was oppressed by a gov- governing authorities. He was oppressed by the police of the day, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the Roman guards, the law yeah. enforcement of the day. And he suffered consummately. Yeah for that and like if nothing else like when when i see like you know protesters non-violently even yeah standing up and just 
calling a spade a spade. And like, I've seen it time and right. time again, as I've watched videos from the front lines of these yeah. is like, they'll get up, they talk and they're like, they're just naming facts of what happened. And white police officers will get so enraged that they'll come and drag them off. It's like, they have the right, they have a constitutional yeah. right to free speech mm -hmm. to do that. And like, yeah. yet he's dragged up like Jesus like was dragged off even though he, and right. he didn't even open his mouth yeah like yeah you were talking true things and you had the right to Jesus didn't even say anything like you know like and yet he was dragged off yeah. and was beaten and so I mean I think like Jesus knows our suffering we yes. know that from Hebrews from he the book of Hebrews we and even from this passage it's like my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth like Jesus did say that and so I don't want to press it too much except to say that Jesus knows what it's like to be a the oppressed person. Yeah. And even particularly in this case, like Jesus knows George Floyd's suffering. Yeah. Crucifixion was death by asphyxiation. Suffoca yeah, like, suffocation. Jesus yeah. couldn't breathe. That's right. Like Jesus knows the pain of trying to speak while being choked. Yeah. And I think it's like to our shame, not just white people's shame, but everyone's shame that some of Jesus's final words in that moment were to forgive yeah. Roman law enforcement. Um, but our like fully lunged, easily breathed words dismiss the pain of those suffering like Christ to exonerate those enforcing law like mm. the Romans. Like we have this really beautiful picture of God suffering for us and then pers and by that suffering giving us life. Yeah. And we just don't engage with the suffering of other people that way. Like we don't, yeah. does that make sense? It does. I want to wrap that. I want to like, I want to keep going on that, but I do just want to wrap up my quote my oh, un yes, unreferenced yes, yes. quote from earlier which has just been sitting on my ipad so uh it's uh it's psalm seven eleven, and it's god is a righteous judge a god who feels indignation every day mm -hmm. every single day god is angry about sin yeah he's a righteous judge yeah and every day he's angry so like i just think that's good news too that it's like mm. does god care yeah every second of every day for all eternity god has perfectly hated injustice yeah he hates it I, uh, I, the, the past the mic podcast, which is excellent. Yeah. Um, they talk about how it's difficult. They, 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 as black men are always trying to like tone back their anger yes. for fear of looking like another angry black man, right? Which just sucks, which sucks. But the good news for them is that at least in the gospel, if not in America, they have the good news of being angry like their God always mm -hmm. at injustice That's right. and knowing that God will bring justice for them soon and al already and soon. Yeah. Um, so I've been thinking about that too. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I think um, let, let's keep going. Cause yeah. I think that as we get to the end of the Psalm, a lot of those Jesus connections and a lot of the good news yeah. comes in the most unexpected way, yeah. I think. So um, the protest speech uh, of confidence is kind of wrapping up. And now we get the imprecation in the last three verses. Yeah. So we, here, here's the curse, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, O Yahweh, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem, how they said, lay it bare, lay it bare, down to the foundations. Okay. So what's happening oh, here? Okay. So mm -hmm. remember, O Lord, against the Edomites. Right. That's actually not uh, just, remember God, it's judicial language. Oh, yes, that's right. It's like, exhibit A, yes. remember God, mm -hmm. O oh, judge, the Edomites on the day of Jerusalem, how they came up and said, lay it bare. Right. And to bring in, in this, in this, this language to bring something to remembrance in this judicial kind of way is to bring sentence to bear even. 
they're demanding right. justice right and they're demanding like uh they're demanding justice right when, when the people the of israel were when, when, yeah. the, when the people of israel were oppressed when david was oppressed when david was in hiding and he says remember me O god he doesn't want a light bulb to go off in god's head mm-hmm. he wants god to act yeah in a way that is in his favor so now to remember the Edomites whenever they whenever they were complicit in handing the Jewish nation over to Babylon, which you can read about yeah, yeah. in Lamentations, in Ezekiel. Uh, you can read all about that. Uh, Obadiah, I even think, references it. Anyway, um, you can read about that. He's like, I want you to remember that, meaning I want you to visit that iniquity upon them. Yeah. And so he says, remember... I want you to swing your gavel down now and sentence right. this act. That's right. Yes. Because the Edomites... We're saying lay it bare, lay it bare down to the foundations. And, okay, so lay it bare. I, this is this is a little bit of a historical imagination, Ooh. but also some linguistic fun. Okay. <laughs> so lay it bare. That word in Hebrew is aru yeru. Okay. Aru, aru yeru. yeru. That's that's beautiful actually. And the word Jerusalem uh-huh. is yeru shelem. Oh, okay. And so the chant that the Edomites, the Canaanites, raised the city with was. Aru Yeru Yeru Shalem. Aru Yeru Yeru Shalem. So some of the last words the Hebrews would have heard as their city was destroyed was Aru Yeru Yeru Shalem. Their their city, the, the place of Zion, was destroyed, and there was this rhyme that was in their minds. Aru Yeru Yeru Shalem. It was a, I would like it helped me just like that's such a deep. It, it helped deepen this for me to like hear that as your city's being destroyed by what, the army well, coming. What, what, what strengthens that is they're refusing to sing their own songs in the mm. land of Babylon, but they're yeah. singing the songs and the chants of their conquerors, mm. and but they're reappropriating it, mm. right? As 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 the as the Babylonians wanted the Zion songs to be reappropriated for their entertainment. The songs of Israel's destruction on the lips of the wow. Edomites are now being reappropriated for their demise in court. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, o daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. So just a little thing: lay it bare, lay it bare, expose, and then O daughters of Babylon, it brings you back to like the rape of the land of Israel. Right. And if you go back, read Second Kings, like rape was a frequent like consequence of battle with the Canaanites. So the mm-hmm. Canaanites would have come in and raped the daughters of Jerusalem. Yes. Exposed the daughters of Jerusalem. Yep. And then they turn it back, O daughters of Babylon, like doomed to be destroyed. Blessed shall be he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Right. So here we have a beatitude. This is a beatitude. What does that mean? So you know, like in Matthew five, mm-hmm. blessed are the peacemakers, for they will. Oh, you, right. Yeah, yeah. This is that. Blessed. This is a beatitude. That's what this mm. this is. It's a blessing pronounced. Blessed, but it's not something you would expect. Right. <laughs> blessed shall he be who repays you for what you've done to us. Mm. So whoever it is that ends up being the one who ultimately passes judgment on you, O Babylon, may he be blessed. And that's. An appropriate call for justice. Yes. So, ha- like, may the injustice be repaid with justice. What you have done to us may be paid back to you. It's what Deuteronomy says. It's mm-hmm. the lex talonis. It's the eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Not like barber, like not barbarism, Mm-mm. but proportionality. That's right. The injustice you've been done to us, 
the destruction that you brought to us, the rape that you've been brought to us, may it be paid back to you. And here it sounds like in kind, the same way you destroyed us, may you be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And that's what we get in verse nine. Yeah, which this is, to preface it, this is a famous verse that a lot of people, especially non-Christians, like to pull on to like, be like, there's a lot of evil violence in the Bible, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And and the quote is this, blessed shall he be who takes your little ones, your babies, your infants, and dashes them against the rocks. Yeah. Like how, and so often the question, the apologetic question that comes up is like, how can you believe in a God who would inspire scripture to put on the mouths of his faithful believers that it's a, that someone who takes babies and mm-hmm. and like throws them so hard against stone that they die that yeah. he should be called blessed and I'm it, like that's been a hard question for a lot of people yeah but here in this context why don't you like kind of unpack what's happening yeah here? well so one i don't i don't think we're supposed to read this as a literal literally what they want to happen they're asking for proportionate justice yep they're asking for what's been done to them will be will be repaid now right and again this is actually what happened to israel this is what exactly what happened to israel there i mean you have like you know the famous stories like sparta throwing children off the of the rocks yes. and like when they're not healthy but go throughout uh second kings go throughout hosea go throughout the prophets and story after story after reference after reference will reference the fact that children were killed in front of their parents that uh there's um and that's still like like frequently throughout scripture um and even like it's still continues today i was reading um a little quote about um how an ss officer who became a christian would grab jewish children by the legs and throw their heads against the wall until they died like it's literally still the thing that happens today or has happened in the past so it's not an and so what the best way that I've heard this is like, it's a call for justice that's white hot. Yeah. It's in the heat of the moment. Yes. It's like, this is what you feel in the middle of the protest. Mm-hmm. When you have 100,000 people around you and you're the guy on stage experiencing, mourning, grieving, absorbing all this, this is what you say out loud. Justice, as they've done to us, may it be done to them. Mm-hmm. And which is why, I mean, even things like, why is I can't breathe? Mm-hmm. The, it's the, it's the rallying cry. It's the rallying cry. It's what he said as he died. And it's now the rallying cry for justice or even like F the police. Right. It's like mm. most, even with the defund the police movement, like there's a little, there's com- complexities there, complexity. but it's like yep. the same way we've been effed over, F them over. Right. Like, and there's like there's complexities there. So the same way there's complexities here. Yes, and but, it's not it's not it's not a one for one. It's not a one for one. No, but we're talking yeah, it's not a one for. We're talking about an uh, we're talking about racial oppression, mm-hmm. you know, inside of a pagan nation, America. Yeah, sorry to burst anyone's bubble there. <laughs> um, you know, this is the people of God, you know, yeah. uh, and Yahweh Himself and His temple being trampled. Yeah. So it's not a one for one. And my point there yeah. isn't to just like say, well, it's totally fine yeah, to yeah. wear that t-shirt. Right. It, the point is what we're seeing here is the call for proportionate justice. Right. Is something we all want. Yes. And we're okay doing it now. Mm-hmm. And we see it all over our country. We should still be okay with it 
here in scripture. Yeah. Like if you, if you have a problem with it in scripture, you should also have a problem <laughs> with it when you see I can't breathe or right. defund the police or F the police. Like these are all right. Or, or think about it the other way. If you have a problem with rallying Christ for justice and you think that the mm -hmm. protest movements are overreacting and that people shouldn't be demanding justice when they've been oppressed for so long, yeah. you, you have a problem with scripture yeah. and it's requests for justice. Yeah. Like you have a justice um, deficiency like you don't long for justice the way the Bible requires you to. Yeah. And I think you'll you'll end up if you're not outraged by the geopolitical situation of our day in the way it, it like relates to real human beings created in God's image. If you're not outraged about the injustice in our society, you actually won't do justice to the cross mm. either. Like a great injustice happened when George Floyd, one man, died. Uh, well, when Jesus died for the lives of everybody mm. and like George Floyd's death is causing reform through like hopeful, for hopeful reform for many. And like Jesus's death also brings new life. Like if we're not outraged by sin, if we're not outraged at ourselves, that like our, comp our complicity in the sins that sent Jesus to the cross, if we're not outraged by that, if we're not outraged by what, the, the injustice that led to Christ's death as an innocent man, mm. like we will not weep over our sins. Yeah. We will not repent for what we've done wrong and that we will have no hope of reformation. Like we want to be reformed by God's grace and mercy. But that only happens once we're outraged by the injustice of the cross, weep that it should have been us, us. up there. And it took a good man's murder for us to be saved from it. Like if we are not outraged by, and I, I wanna say the lesser injustice of social evil we see now. Right. Not to diminish it. Not to diminish right. it, but to compare it to the eternal injustice right. of God's son being blamed for the uh, innocent son being blamed for our sin, including the sin of racism. Mm -hmm. yep. We won't get the cross. Right. We don't get the cross. We're now outraged by injustice yeah. now. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I mean, maybe to put a, like a another hue to it, you know, I think one of the the really weird things and kind of evil things that people do when murders like this happen is they look into the past of the victim mm -hmm. and look for a way to legitimize their murder. Well, they weren't perfect, right? They were. They they probably had it coming. Like what? Like that is anyway. Yeah, I don't want to get into how mad yeah. that makes me. Um, but yeah. look into the past of Christ; mm -hmm. he was eternally perfect, right? Like that yeah. knee should not have gone on his neck; it should have gone at his feet. Yeah. Like anyone who saw Jesus in his mm -hmm. in the sinless perfection of his past should have worshipped him, but instead they murdered him. Like mm -hmm. that. Like there's right. no reason. There's no. There, there's not one thing in this whole story that gives you an out from being outraged at the death yeah. of Jesus. He should not have died. It yeah. should have been me. That was wrong. Yeah. And like in that same rage and fury and outcry of the injustice done to Christ, the, that same fervor because he is both just and justifier turns into white hot worship mm. of God yeah. for taking our place. Like, Oh, it's yeah. so good. Like, yeah. Um, Let's let me take let's take a quick break. 
Yeah. And let's come back in because there's a couple other ways I want us to see the good news of Jesus in, okay. in this passage. Okay, so I, I want us to just kind of trace where this psalm would leave us off at in yeah. biblical history. Yeah. So it it kind of has this echo, and it in the 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 problem has not been solved yet at the end of this. Psalm. Blessed shall he be. Yes. Blessed shall he be twice. Yes. He says it twice. Who is the he? Yes. There's Who is the one yes. coming to bring proportional justice? That's right. This psalmist is saying that there will be this blessed one who who we will all call blessed, and he will repay what has been done to us, and he will act in proportionate justice against what has been been done to us. There's this blessed one to come, but then he didn't come, and then he didn't come, and he didn't come. There was more oppression. There was more exile. There was more waiting. And then one day Jesus comes, and he claims to be this blessed one, right? right? He claims to be the blessed one who will repay the rape and genocide of Israel. That's right. And so they're like, great. And everyone's thinking they know what that's going to look like. It's going to look like dashing children against the rocks, right? They it's expect Jesus to be, to, to a, be a warrior. Yeah. And instead, he comes and he's killed by the same powers that killed their children generations ago. Hmm. That's not right. right. That's why the, the gospel made no sense to people. Yeah. And why the, the epistles spend so much time trying to show how the death of Jesus is good news. Yeah. Because they're just like, how on earth could this justice we were waiting for by the blessed anointed Messiah be accomplished by him dying. That makes right. no sense. But it's because, and I want you to unpack this, Seth, it's because when Jesus brought the ultimate imprecation, when Jesus brought the ultimate judgment against evil, he went to, against a deeper evil. Yeah. Right? He imprecated death and sin itself. Yeah, like normally when we, imprecations are normally about um, death to our enemies, mm-hmm. death to the enemy, death to the oppressor, death to the wicked. And that's because no ruler, no oppressor, no slaveholder can defeat death. Right. Death, death wins. The, death wins in his justice. A final justice. It's a final justice. It's the ultimate destruction, uh, ultimate death of what harms us and what's wrong in society. That's right. But ironically, when Jesus imprecates death, it brings life. Well, one one step before you go there yeah. is it's it's just it's interesting that we're using like it's like like death to the enemy. There's mm-hmm. this we want death to bring justice and judgment against this horrible oppressor. So yeah. let's let's kill him. Let's get justice. Let's have a revolt. Let's put them to death. But then what's happening throughout history as people die, whether good or evil? Death just keeps winning. There's mm-hmm. another enemy right. that just keeps winning even against the oppressors. So like all we have is Police we're calling brutality, in, yeah. racism, awful enemies. Yes. But there is a greater enemy. Yes. And there, and there are two. One is the power of evil and sin that animates all of that, right? Yes. There's the sin behind racism. Yes. That animate. There's a sin behind police brutality. There's a sin behind the Babylonian armies that would rape their women and throw their children against the rocks. And it's that same power that has been at work in the world since the fall. Because what what did we have in Egypt when Pharaoh was trying to punish the people of Israel? Kill all the Jews. Kill all the boys. He took their babies and yeah. threw them in the river. Yeah. Like th- there's a pattern of evil that has been taking place against God and against His chosen people. 
And this has been happening again and again. There's evil in the world. And that evil always leads to its ultimate victory, Even which is death. Even if you can kill that one person who right. was in... Who, who, even you, if... Yep. The, the, even if we get Hitler, even if we get Hitler, yep. Tomorrow, a new Hitler. Osama will come. bin Laden's coming. Tomorrow, yeah. and even then, I mean, just more death, right? More death, more death. Yeah. So death keeps winning, even when we try to beat what we think is the enemy. There's and, still a bigger, deeper enemy. Yeah. And there's like, there's like, death as final as it is mm. for the victims of oppression it doesn't fix anything it's not enough <laughs> it's not enough to undo the injustice no. done to them justice has been done to that person but the injustice that's living on in the families has of not george been floyd taken care of has not been taken care of yet no it doesn't bring george floyd back from it the doesn't. dead right it doesn't restore the broken hearts of his family or community right no. it doesn't undo the years of sideways glances that like black men walking down the sidewalk not doing anything have had to endure because people are feeling suspicious about them for no reason it doesn't break that it doesn't make them feel like they belong even mm. though they should like it like no, like nothing that we're going to accomplish through these protests though we should and we should fight for justice and lean into it it's not going to heal all those things in an inner in a person's inner being right or bring someone back from the dead yeah but when jesus imprecates death or when jesus brings the ultimate fulfillment of the imprecation requested from psalm 137 something better happens yes the first imprecation in the bible genesis 3 15 mm. he will crush the head of the serpent yes it's the first imprecation and the serpent brought death that's right we see a little glimpse of it in jesus own life when he imprecates death in his friend lazarus mm -hmm. and it doesn't lead to lazarus's continued death it no. leads to his life new life mm -hmm. And when Jesus dies, it's not as the next casualty mm -hmm. in the war against death. Right. Or it's, the war against the oppressor. Or the war against the oppressor. I, I don't know. Of, of, I'm trying to think of a clever way to do it. But it's almost like uh, as he's overcome, he's like captured by death mm -hmm. for a time just so he can overpower it in the right. end yep. and come back out. That's like, right. He's only in the tomb three days. He's only captured by death in the oppressor for three days and not even that can hold him. That's right. But then, and he, and he <clears throat> opens up and what he does is he does two just remarkable things is that he gives us the power now to break free from the sin that has animated every act of oppression from the beginning of yeah. the fall. <clears throat> like, because now we can live like he does like, you know, and we can fight for justice the way he would. And like, we, he gives us that ability now. And then he also opens up a way to new life from us yeah. that like, that we, we can have life though we die by the oppressor or any other cause right. we can have life. Mm -hmm. um, now that's really, really, really good news. But if you are being oppressed, it's not enough. It's not enough that one day justice will be done well no 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 no. that's not that's what i'm what saying that's not what i that's not what i mean i i mean it's not enough that he dealt with the animating power behind sin for some people but it's still there right right and it's also not enough that though i die in this horrible situation i will live again that's a great hope and it's a lot 
but it's not the full gospel is what I mean. It's not mm. all the good news that Psalm 137 or the word of God has for us. He doesn't just beat evil as a concept, an idea, as an overarching force. That's right. He and he does justice yes. for every individual. So, so yes. So there will be a day when Jesus will return again and he will not act like he did the first time he came. Mm. He will not die for the sin and and die unto death. He will bring individual judgment perfectly upon every single infraction that has yeah. been that has been perpetrated yeah. by the oppressors. Like the, the proportional justice yes, the, that yes. oppression deserves. Yeah. And not just simply by their death or sentencing, but also by the intangible effects of oppression, like in the families of those left behind. Yep. That will be proportionally judged on every oppressor, yes. every racist, yep. every sinner. Yep. Which is why when we read Psalm 137 and we read, blessed is he who repays uh, who repays you with what has been done to us. Blessed is he who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rocks. As hard as that might be to hear for some people, this is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the blessed one who comes and repays the evil that has been done to you. Yeah. Jesus is the one who comes and brings proportional justice against those who have done injustice to you. He will bring that and he will, and, and it will be good yes. when we see that happen. And then it goes a step further. He will come and he will accomplish perfect justice. And then he will utter these words. Behold, I make all things new and the broken hearts and the broken systems and the evil and the loss and the death will all be restored, perfected and brought back in new and immeasurable ways of grandeur. Like that is a, that's a story that no matter where you are, you can hang your hat on and like you can hold on to in the darkest times. Like, and like, and it's good news. And so like one thing that I just want to like point out here is, is the words of uh, Paul because Paul is writing to the church in Rome. Yeah. And you're talking about Rome. Uh, This is the new Babylon. This is the new Babylon. Rome was the new Babylon and who was under their boot, the Jews again. Mm -hmm. And so Paul is writing to them and in 12 and 13, chapters 12 and 13 of Romans, he's talking about how to live in Roman occupied territory as a Christian. And what he tells them is he tells them not to riot or like, you know, or like, or to like, try to try to like, I'm not, it's going to come off wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying don't riot. I'm not yeah. saying don't protest. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. He's telling them. It's a protest song. You're allowed to yeah, protest. You're, you're <laughs> protest. Here he's saying, he says, don't repay evil for evil. Right? He says, don't repay evil for evil. This is verse 17 of Romans 12. Repay no one evil for evil, but but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it. So I'm before I finish, yeah, yeah. like that. Never avenge yourself. That's a tall order, Paul, leave especially it. in this moment. Never avenge yourself? Live leave at peace it? with everybody as far as it's up to you? Leave it? How could you ask me to do something so difficult? And unfair. Unfair. It's not fair. It's not fair they, to leave it. It's not fair to leave it, right? Okay. Now, he's not talking about ignoring injustice and all these things. The whole word of God tells us to stand right. against those things. Yes. But he's saying, don't repay evil for evil. Eye for eye justice is not for you to do right now. He says, but leave it to the wrath of God. 
for it is written, vengeance is mine. It's God's. I, God, I will repay, says Yahweh. Hmm. So like, how can we not go out and kill when we are killed? Right? Right. How can we not go take when we are taken? How can we stand against oppression the way Jesus would, right? And try to do it in a, it says, don't uh, repay no one for evil for evil, but give thought. Think about how to do what is honorable in the sight of God. Like, so instead, what should you do? To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And I've seen video after video after video of black Christian protesters taking cold waters to riot police officers. Mm. They are thinking how to live honorably in this time. They are giving their enemy water on a hot day. That is a way to protest and show them who you are, like right. without, with, with still leaving vengeance for the Lord. Now, when yeah. we do that, when we live honorably, when we give water to our enemy, that's not going like, okay, fine, I guess just justice will never get done. No, vengeance will be repaid, says the Lord. So, like, yeah, there, yeah, there's a call to to us to leave it to God to do the ultimate eye for eye, tooth for tooth justice. Yeah, that that mm-hmm. that. Blessed is he, and that doesn't mean you. It doesn't mean you. <laughs> and it doesn't, it, is, it has never meant you. Nope. Blessed is he who repays. Blessed is he who comes and judges. That's not you. Yeah. It's amazing, too, that we will call God, we will call Jesus blessed when For he that. is repaying and acting. Ju- I feel like when we think about Jesus pouring out wrath, we're like, oh, it's going to be ugly. Right. No, we'll be like, that's blessed. That's that's finally. That's finally so good. Finally. Yeah. And like the evil person yeah. has been paid and all things are being made new. Yeah. Finally. So like finally. There's this quote I want to read from Brueggemann, Walter Brueggemann, who's a, a an Old Testament scholar. Um, and it, it kind of it, he was talking about this psalm. And um it, it's just it's it's hard. It's hard, it's a hard, it's a hard yeah. read, but it's a good word, especially after what we just read. And and here's the quote. It is an act of profound faith to entrust one's most precious hatreds to God, knowing they will be taken seriously. Hmm. It's an act of profound faith to entrust one's most precious hatreds to God, knowing they will be taken seriously. We have precious hatreds. Yeah. And God is saying, Do I not hate those who hate you? Exactly. Oh Lord. Right. Yeah. And so like entrust them to God. He doesn't say, don't let them burn. Like don't, he's not saying don't like, don't mm-hmm. no, like just give it up. Nothing's going to happen. Right. And trust them to me because I take them even more seriously than you do. Like yeah. that is an interesting challenge that God actually takes injustice more seriously than we do. Yeah. He takes it so seriously. He took it on himself. Yeah. And he will come and and make it right himself. I feel like I just want to he- keep hearing you talk about this because you're like clearly fired up. <laughs> this is a, especially Romans 12 and this kind of stuff is, yeah. is very close to, to my heart. Yeah. But yes, um, um, we should probably close the loop I here. I think that's probably fair. Um, I think I, I do want to say one thing to like our white listeners, mm. and particularly white listeners who just feel like they still don't get why this is a big deal. At the very least, you need to allow your black brothers and sisters and neighbors and friends to be angry when they see injustice done. Mm-hmm. There is a scriptural um, category ba- for being angry at injustice. Angry and protesting at injustice. Yeah. You need to allow them space to do that. 
and you need to hear and you need to be generous with them the same way that I would assume you're generous with Psalm 137. You say, well, dash the kids against the rock. Obviously, that's a call for proportional justice mm-hmm. that we understand what that means. It's not, we're not really praying for, for that in our daily prayer life. The intense things you hear on the street, the calls that you want to subtweet and say or that are hypocritical or whatever, man, allow them to vent, the, to vent, <laughs> allow their anger to burn white hot. Allow this to be, allow this time for them. Yeah. Um, even if you don't understand it and then seek to understand it yep. in the same way that you sought to understand Psalm 137. And we can and should imprecate. Yes. I believe we should still pray prayers of imprecation correctly. Yeah. And we, I, I think, and you mentioned at the very top of this episode that imprecation psalms are very rarely, or if never, personal. Yeah. We're not yeah. praying voodoo prayers where you, like, you know, take my principle down. You know, like he gave me a bad, you know, he sent right. me to detention. No, no. Yeah. We're saying, like, Lord, remember the oppressed, bring justice to yeah. the oppressors. Yeah. That's a great prayer to pray right now. If you don't know what else you can do as a white person, like, Right. Pray for your black friends. Yeah. Pray that God would bring justice against the unjust systems in America that have systematically prejudiced them mm-hmm. and gotten them to this point. Pray that God would bring that down. One, like, of, one of the ways that I pray frequently is just to pray through the Psalms. Yeah. And I'll just read a verse of scripture and then I'll pray whatever comes into my mind. So like even as I was like getting ready for this podcast today, I was trying to pray this song. And it's not easy. It's not easy. But like when I said, O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed shall he be who repays you with what you've done to us. I just pray whatever came to my mind as it relates to what's happening right now. I was like, God, destroy racism. Yes. Destroy the racists who perpetuate it. Yes. To whatever extent they exist. And I don't even know how much they are, but I do know sinful people run institutions and those institutions sinfully hurt people. Yeah doom them yes destroy them yes now yeah bring mercy lay it bare lay Lay it it bare bare. down to the foundations yes like and let's rebuild something new god yeah bring your kingdom yeah yeah well guys thank you for listening thanks for your graciousness to us like we know we're not all right talking yeah. about this and i would we love it even if felt like, really vulnerable we, felt, we feel vulnerable <laughs> i feel sensitive like if you are one of our african-american listeners we would love to please, hear feedback yeah please email us podcast at spoken gospel.com we misspoke or we felt like we like misrepresented you or the movement or whatever's going on let like, us know how let us know how we and can. then if we did okay let us know yeah, that'd be great that'd be too great. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys seriously thank you um we'll pick back up with our regularly scheduled programming with ecclesiastes yes. uh one to three uh next week but uh we just felt like this was really important to interrupt and do this so thank you for hanging in with us uh, we appreciate you we love you and we'll see you next week Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit that gives all its resources like this podcast away for free because of supporters like you. To help Spoken Gospel in our mission to speak the gospel out of every corner of scripture and view all our free resources, visit SpokenGospel.com.